Dirt Talk Monday edition. Making the dirt world a better place. That kind of stuff. Aaron and Alex, Nashville, Tennessee. Build with 37208. Dirt stuff. Cow's kid steer. <laughs> That's about it. Just wrapped up our internal podcast and we talked about video games. We mm-hmm. talked about Dogecoin. Company meeting coming up, mm-hmm. which is this week. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's something we can explain. So we're a remote business, uh, unlike most contractors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, so the funny thing is contractors, they're not remote because they do stuff in person. You kind of have to. But a lot of them are spread out across many states. So they're working in the physical world and they're also having to manage a business remotely, which is, it's just how that works. Quite interesting. We're a remote business. We have workers comp policies and I don't know anymore, like 15 or 20 states. (laughs) It's a disaster. I am very, very bullish on in-person communication, face-to-face shaking people's hands, looking them in the eyes, just spending time with people. It's so, so valuable. Mm -hmm. And so as a business, and uh, it's gotten more and more difficult as time's gone on, but as a business, we get together twice a year. We have a summer team meeting and a winter team meeting where it used to be originally the first meeting was five of us in Nashville, Tennessee, and we went to a nice dinner and celebrated the work we were doing. And then We met in our Airbnb for two days and talked in the living room. And then it grew into uh, a little bit bigger meeting. And then it grew into uh, like the last December meeting, maybe 16, 17 people. Mm -hmm. Right. right, A little less than 20. Yeah. So we we had had the office space, but no work was being done yet because we were still in the permitting phase. Mm -hmm. So we set up tables in this cold, dusty barn that was our future office. And we just talked for two days, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Now, this time around, we'll have like probably around 35 people will be attending. Okay, cool. So it'll be good size. And uh, the purpose, we're going to be this team meeting reviewing where we're headed over the next few months because there's significant changes happening right now to the entire business as we know it, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in the future on here because apparently people listen to this. And secondly, we spend all of this money to just further the relationships we have as individuals with one another, Yep, which is so important to our business. So do we need to have team meetings? No, we don't need to spend, it's, it's a ton of money. I mean, it's six figures, yeah, six figure investment, Consume, especially considering just the time component, the payroll component of it, but it's so valuable. And Probably my two favorite periods of the year are our team meetings. I cannot believe that our last one was, I guess it'll have been just five months ago or was it? Anyway, it just feels like it just happened. Yeah. And we haven't added a lot of new people to the team, maybe one or two that were not there, but for the most part about the same people. Uh Yeah. Yet like where our business is and where we're going to go has like changed so dramatically. I think it's going to be really exciting to all get on the same page um, and, and everybody kind of have like a better understanding on like, here's what's going on. Here's you, where you fit into that 
let's roll. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, the it's going to be a way different vibe. The, the, the summer team meeting, the beginning of this year, first few months, we doubled the size of the company. Yeah, like that. It caused total pandemonium. Total pandemonium. And we got to the summer team meeting and everybody was a little a little worn out uh, because we were we were just all over the place. I mean, it's like people say growth is cool and they pat you on the back. Wow, that's so exciting. <laughs> You're living it and just thinking, mm, it's exciting, but very <laughs> problematic at the same time. So the... Uh, because of a few different things over the past few months, we've we've slowed way down. Like mm-hmm. we haven't taken on new projects. We haven't really hired a whole lot of people because we've been, we've been chewing our food. And okay, so we're here. Where do we need to go? What are the opportunities? How do we organize ourselves to get do to that. that next level? And so we've had to take it. I mean, we didn't intend to really do this, but we've taken a step back to take two, probably four steps forward mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So we're at the point where it's been months and months and months of really evaluating where we stand and thinking things through and reorganizing the business. And there's a lot of legal stuff going on from an organizational standpoint and financial standpoint. How do we reorganize and how do we build systems and how do we prepare ourselves for this next level, you know, next period of growth? So now we're coming in the second team meeting where We've worked really hard over the past few months, but we haven't just gone absolutely bananas like the first six months of the year in a, in a, like the negative things that come with that. Sure. And we're also rolling out to the team a stupid, exciting plan. Stupid, exciting plan. That is total game changer. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited to lay that out, see everybody's response. And then, Next few months, we're going to double the company again. Yeah, that that's still definitely happening. <laughs> uh, you know what I think is interesting? I feel like we're set up better and will be set up better to grow the team aggressively again. Um, then I think that's going to go better than maybe it did when we went from 10 to 20. Yeah. Or from uh, 20 to 40. Yeah. Um, we've certainly got a lot more, um, we have a lot more infrastructure just within the company itself. Um, you know, I think there was so much that we like learned where, you know, I came on, I was ninth, 10th employee and it was sort of like this kind of like plucky group. It's like, yeah, we all kind of do a bunch of stuff and we'll figure it out and we'll do this. But from that to like where we are now, even we've set up so, so many systems that like we didn't even know we needed that made you know, that like in hindsight, like, oh, that made sense. We really do need to be doing that. But we didn't know. We were just figuring it out. Yeah. And so now we, there are plenty of things we're going to hit and to be like, oh, didn't know that was a thing. Guess Uh-oh. we got to worry about that. Yeah. But I think that we are going into that phase with just even more experience on like, oh, here's, remember how it's tough when we bring, we double the size of our team when it's just me and one other person. And now we had two more people. That was probably really scary, but now if it's it's four of us and we're going to add four more, we kind of have like a better understanding on here. How do we absorb them into what we're doing? How do they fill in the gaps that we didn't necessarily know that we have? And how do we then like super expand what what our little team is doing within the broader build with scope? And so I, I'm really l- looking forward to um, 
the the people that we we bring in. Um, I I know that there's we've certainly been talking to some people. Um, I had a talked with Skylar this morning just about how, you know how we're going to grow the kind of the marketing of Buildwood as a, as a, a business in general. And it's the people we're bringing on. It's like, oh yeah, they're experts in stuff we're not experts in. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that's how you should grow a company. Mm-hmm. You know, you're we're not just being like, well, we we just need more bandwidth for for these people. It's like, yeah, I mean, there might be some of that, but also like if we want to go anywhere, we got to hire people who do stuff that we currently are not great at. Oh yeah, and we're the people looking at right now. They're they're heavy hitters, and yeah. they have this experience that we couldn't even dream of. Um, and not that experience is everything. There's value in inexperience, but there's also a lot of value to be gained from some of these brilliant people. Um, I, that's one. Of, that's one of my favorite things. That's probably my my single favorite thing. I was asked. So what I was saying was, I was asked on a podcast last week about what's. Or I don't. I don't. Shoot. I don't even know when I was asked this, but it was something came up about what's your favorite thing about business in general. And hands down, without a doubt, I don't even have to think about it. My favorite thing is employing people and sending people offer letters and getting new people into the company. So exciting to me. So, so, so exciting. And I've been for the past few months now just chomping at the bit because I want to go hire as many people as we can and grow this thing and get all that human capital in here and start just letting it weasel its way through the organization and just see what comes of it. Because yeah, we have this cool plan and yeah, we have all this opportunity in front of us, but shoot, we can bring all these incredible people in and that can just get 10 times better than we think it is right now, which Mm -hmm. I think is going to happen. It's just going to keep getting better and better and better because we're going to keep bringing people in that are better and better and better. And I told the leadership team this last week, I said, guys, it's, it's one, our responsibility to make sure we're hiring the right people. And we're working on defining that. Who is that, that right individual? Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to be bought off from like a values standpoint. And that's that quote unquote culture fit, which I think is a terrible term. And a bad way to hire, but we're evaluating people based on, hey, do they do they align with what we believe in as an organization? So we're figuring that part out. But secondly, I told them, be on the lookout for people that are a hell of a lot better than you are, because those are the people we need. So as from a leadership standpoint, and, and me as the leader of the organization, I am, uh, I am an insecure individual, as I think everybody is, totally insecure. Sure. But I am confident, and here's what I bring to the table, and here's what I don't know. And I don't know a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like, I bring a very small dessert item to the Thanksgiving dinner. I need someone to bring the turkey and the stuffing and the potato. I, I don't have any of this shit. And some plates and some, I mean, I, I have nothing on my, I can just bring this little baby dessert item. And it's delicious. Let me tell you, very, very, very yummy. But I can't do the whole dinner. And everybody's not coming for just a little dessert. They want the whole thing. So I need to find all of those people that can do all of the stuff I can't do that are way smarter than me, way more capable, way more experienced. And I need to invite them in and, and, you know, give them a big hug and say, here's everything I know. Go have at it. I need to trust those individuals. I can't just bring them in. I need to wholeheartedly trust them to do what's right at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important as an organization. And, and as we go grow the business like we are and like we plan to over the next few months, we need to be looking for those people that are way, way better than we are because that's the only way we we expand as a business. I think kind of the other <clears throat> exciting part about bringing new people in, um, especially with, you know, we, we do have a pretty solid like filter of 
you know, we're not just bringing in rock stars and hopefully they're like good people. It's like, we, we also are spending plenty of time. Like we bring, we put good people on this team because like we rely on that sort of, um, you know, we all care for each other and you know, that's like really, really important. Yeah. And so I think what makes, what has made our company great up to this point and that will continue is that, um, we're going to hire rock stars, but they also offer all these like ancillary benefits that like seep into the rest of the company. That's not their like division, you know, like that's mm-hmm. clearly has benefited our company in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And so I think it, that's like the exciting part of bringing new people on. I think maybe when we first started hiring new people back when we were really small, I remember like my initial thought was like, man, hopefully they get the build it thing. Like, like I knew I'd been here for like six months. So it's yeah. not like I was entrenched in whatever we were doing. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome because they're going to help change and grow like our company even more in ways that we can't physically do right now because like we don't have whatever they offer. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we hire like interesting, skilled, good people, like that's only a good thing. Well, and that's and and that's the thing with a culture is it's constantly evolving. Yeah. Or it, in theory, it should be constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing is, you get this whole theory and idea of you know hire people you like and hire people you want to have a beer with, and then you end up with a whole organization of people that are the same, that think the same thing, that believe the same thing, and your culture doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't grow at all. It is becomes completely stationary and stagnant. And that's really comfortable because, wow, everybody believes what I believe, but now you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're screwed long-term. Mm-hmm. You're done long-term. So like we like we were talking about with the team meeting, and I was addressing the team before this, I love the team meeting because I know I can walk into that room and I have this common set of values that I are that, that I hold very dearly. You know, the values of the company are, are my values. That's how I... How we got there. How we got there yeah. was... What do I really resonate with and value? And how do I want that to inform the business? That's a group of human beings that have looked at these values, like be a friend, do what's right, you know, develop their experience. They've, they've looked at these values and yeah, I can get behind that too. And yeah, I can, I can live those seven days a week around the clock. And that's really cool to have that sense of, of understanding and belonging with a group that, hey, you know, a lot of these people, they don't believe what I believe. They, they believe, the, a lot of them believe the polar opposite of what I believe. And yet we still come together and, for lack of a better term, break bread over a common set of values. Yeah. And we're still working towards a common goal, make the dirt world a better place. We're all here. And that's like, you know, growing to where our country's at. We just need more of that as a, as a, as a country. And like what Jordan Peterson says, you know, if you want to go change the world, make sure dishes are done first. That's how I view my impact on the world right now is I can do my dishes and that's build a company that should be what the rest of the country really stands for and operates like how the company, how the country used to operate, which is, Hey, we all believe in totally different things. Hey, we all, we all think totally different things. We're all human beings. I have a completely different perspective perspective than you do because you have a different set of experiences than I have that's informed your perspective. And yet we can still sit across on the same table and say, yes, I, you think that I think that, but be a friend is really valuable. Making the dirt world a better place is really valuable. And we're here together to, to go do that together. Do those things. Yeah. Despite our differences. Mm -hmm. So valuable. 
I read something this week. Um, I think it was from, I think he played in the NFL, but he's on ESPN now. Um, Manuel Acho, I think is his name. I don't even know how to say his last name, but it's A-C-H-O. And he said something like, there has certainly been a shift in um, the, the way that just like we as, as you know, Americans, but probably the world, honestly, like communicates in that we seem to be a lot worse at delineating. Are we critiquing a person's certain point of view? Or are we critiquing the person? And, but then also as like, if I'm the listener to, to that, I'm now struggling more to tell the difference between, is that person critiquing something I think or something I said, or are they critiquing me? Yeah. And so I, I feel like even though that's probably a lot of the fault of the internet, <laughs> just, you know, we can hide behind a username and say whatever we want. Um, but I, I feel like the team we've built at BuildWit does, has like intentionally um, continued to focus on like, if, if we disagree, we're disagreeing on like the thing we're talking about. Well, Not because I disagree with who you are as a person or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. The, there's a dichotomy there though, because people take people wrap up their beliefs in their identity identity. Yeah. And that's when it gets sloppy. It's I can say, Alex, you know, this this kind of sucked. And you can go spiral out of control because you took that as you suck. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 that's that's not how it was at all. And I think it's it's from both both sides. I think we need to be smarter about how we communicate and how we offer feedback and have transparent conversations with people. But then we also need to be smarter about how we receive stuff. And when someone's giving us that feedback or having that tough conversation, it's not an t- attack on us as an individual. And that's where um, I talk about all the time, like, like therapy has been super, super valuable for me mm-hmm. because I've learned so much about who I am as an individual. And I have that sense of security in me as a, as a human being so that when somebody's coming to me, I'm not taking it as an attack because I have that self-confidence that a lot of people don't have. And I've, because I've worked hard to develop that self-confidence. Yeah. You I've put in the that, work and time. I've put in that work and time and it's hard and most people don't do that. So it's just, um, yeah, the whole hiring thing, culture thing, that tricky mistress. But fun and exciting. So fun and exciting. <laughs> so buckle up everybody because uh, we're going to inform the team and then we'll keep informing everybody else as time goes on. Yeah, it's going to be fun as shit rolling that out. Yeah. Man, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you about before we get into the questions part of the Monday Dirt Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. What did you go do with Eric Jumper last week at Caterpillar? That's a great question. That's This is something I'd love to talk about. And it I didn't looked think about cool, it. and I have no idea what you were doing. So we're we're growing a little bit, and we're growing into training. Um, and Eric called me months ago. So Eric Jumper, total jabroni. If you follow him on the internet, oh, you know, <laughs> I followed him and got to know him over the internet, as I've really got to know everybody in my life these days sure. over the internet except my my parents and my siblings nowadays. But I got I got to know him over the internet um, it, because he was operating equipment and posting a bunch of photos and videos. He'd, he'd you know, run equipment during the week and then would go post pictures during the weekend. Yeah. The, the guy is just a 
equipment junkie, like like me, like a lot of other people in this in this industry. He just loves it. Mm-hmm. So he caught my attention. He was posting some good photos and videos, and so I started talking to him. Like, dude, hey, we're gonna need more help. We'd love to bring you on. So we brought him on as a like primarily to take photos. And then he's gotten involved in video too because that's just been the natural progression is mm-hmm. photo and video are pretty tied together. Especially with the way we've built our teams. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Those guys are out together. Yeah, people. they're pretty lean. And yeah. yeah. So so trained Eric Jumper on kind of where I was at at the time. And he's taken on a lot of that photo work that we do for partners that we started on from the beginning of the company. But he called me about six months ago and basically said, I, I like doing this and I'll do it, but I just, I like being in the seat of a machine. So I want to get back to just working hands-on with equipment. But I also don't, I've seen too much of the world now and I've, like, I'm, I'm bought in on the mission here. I've seen the bigger picture. I don't want to just go back to running a D6 yeah. every single day at the same job site. So we are growing into training and and I said, okay, well, we'll let's let's get you involved in the whole training thing, and and let's get you some experience just from a training standpoint. And so I thought, okay, so if I want to get Eric trained up on how to train people, where should I go? Where's the most impressive place I've been? Caterpillar has two facilities, Tanaha and, and Edwards, and so I I I know both of the the people that run the facilities and and through the events I've gone to at, yeah. at the facilities in the past, I've got to know those guys, fan, fantastic guys, Chad and Marty. And so I called them up and, hey, this is what we want to do. Are we able to get some of the training here? you guys yeah. you guys give so we can see how you guys do it and then learn from you guys? You're the best and or among the best and, and we just want to see how you guys do it. And so um, we worked it out with Edwards Demonstrating and Learning Center, Demonstration and Learning Center uh, out of Peoria, Illinois. So Chad, who runs the facility, got us set up with one of their uh, instructors. It's not CDI. It's, I forget what their, I forget what their title is there, but there are these instructors and they, they train all of the, the CDIs. And so um, Eric spent three days with one of their trainers, Alex, learning about dozers, excavators, and grade control. So one day was just dozers, next day, just excavators. And, and it was a lot of classroom type work. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of field hands-on type work. So it's this facility that is absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> they have all these classrooms, so on and so forth. And then it's just imagine uh, like a Costco this enormous steel building, but with just dirt, no concrete floor. It's just dirt. And they have all these, all these machines in there and you can dig with a 395 inside of a building. It looks super cool. It's super cool. And they basically have one of you know, every machine you can imagine. Yeah. So if you want a wheeled excavator, or you want a D11 or you need a D3, they got, they got it all. Skid steers. It's just, it's this is big toy box and it's all dedicated to, showing off Cat's product line and training people. So that's what we're doing. And I was just tagging along because it's one of the coolest places I've been in this industry. All of the people there are absolutely fantastic. I can't say enough things, uh, enough nice things about those guys. And I wanted to see how they train people and just- How's it go? Be a fly on the wall. Yeah. 
So that's what we were doing. We were at Caterpillar's Edwards facility. Cool. In Peoria, Illinois. It, I mean, it looks like, like a cattle auction or something. I mean, there's like seats with like a glass window into a yeah. dirt arena. It yeah. was wild. Yeah. Really, really cool. It's first time I was there was um, before I actually formally started the company. Really? Yeah. Okay. I weaseled my way into an invite up there and went to a, a demonstration and saw, saw the place for the first time. And um, it's, it's spectacular. It's a really, really incredible facility. And they're so proud of it for good reason. Sure. They do a lot of good work there. Um, and we're, we're just really fortunate to have an in like we do to be a small, small part of what they have going on. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks to Chad and company at, at Edwards and Caterpillar for hooking us up there. And the feedback from Eric was, was quite interesting. He's, he's a very talented operator. He knows what the hell he's doing. But the funny thing is operators, you're never taught the right way to do things. You really just learn by doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do it wrong. And because you saw one other guy do it, now you do it. You've never actually been taught, hey, this is the way it was designed. You, to, yeah. yeah. And I get it. Not all situations are, are the same and not everything is perfect. But here is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And you can take that and then go make it into what you need, it, need to make. But we're going to just start with the right way and then we'll go from there. Whereas uh, most people in the industry don't ever get that right way. Yeah. They're just taught by watching people getting yelled at trying things and then well that didn't work or shit nearly flipped over the machine probably shouldn't do that again Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of value in what's the right way to do it and then i'll go from there i do kind of want to pick eric's brain a little bit just you know as somebody he he does have a lot of experience even though he's young i mean he's been running equipment for a really long time Mm -hmm. for somebody who's 26 years old yeah um, I just would love to kind of hear both. The, I mean, he, he certainly learned, like you said, he learned probably some things, how, how he can actually do them better. But also I would like to hear, um, you know, what does, what did he learn that like he can bring to build with and not just like his own personal interest, which like the dude loves equipment. Like that's so clear. Yeah. And so I, I think it's going to be cool to see how like just that one experience benefits kind of what we're doing. And also, it's like, all right, so this week-long experience with one guy is going to affect, you know, our business in this way. So, w- what's the next bigger version of that going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's, like, really exciting is, like, you know, we're, we're kind of tr- – we're constantly trying, like, little new things and being like, okay, so, like, the small version of this yielded this result. So, let's do a much bigger version of that and see what we can get, see what we can learn, see what, what – how that helps our our partners see how that impacts the industry. Um, and so I love that he got to go do that. That's super cool. Yeah. It's us just, I wouldn't say messing around. We're, we're just poking and prodding at uh, an opportunity. Yeah. And um, anytime I get at either Edwards or Tanaha, sure. I'm all over it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple dirt talk questions from cool. people cool. who email me. Super. I've gotten multiple questions. And like emails from people who just found the podcast. Oh, this cool. Week, oh, which very is, cool. That's pretty rare to get two of those. Yeah. So I think we don't necessarily use this question because I think it's probably too specific and like 
we can't weigh in on it. But it's basically, I'll just read it to you because it's fascinating, but we'll move on. Um, he says, hey guys, my name is Greg. I'm a brand new listener. Just started today. I live in Maryland and work for a stream restoration company and most of our work is in the woods. We have to clear a lot of trees and most of the time we use the excavators to push them over. We are in a section of woods now where a ton of the trees are dead and it's not safe to push on them, let alone send a guy in to cut them with a chainsaw. <laughs> Any suggestions on a safe way to drop these trees? Be like, we're the wrong guys to ask for yeah. that one. So the wrong Super guys. cool. Yeah. And then, but like, yeah, we're, this ain't, this ain't we're not ready for that. I'm sure someone's figured that one out though. I mean, I've seen a lot of people like demo guys will basically attach a you could essentially attach basically what they do is they create they just take an I-beam and put a coupler on it mm -hmm. and so they can grab an enormous pole with an excavator that gives them a lot more reach oh interesting and they can go poke stuff <laughs> and so it gives them much more safe space between whatever they're poking and pulling off a building for they're, example they're not having to like get up under it in the before. cab yeah yeah, yeah. It, like you can get substantial reach with something like that. So maybe you fabricate something. I've seen that mostly in demo applications where, yeah, it's, I mean, shoot, you can get 10, 20, 30 feet on some of those big machines of extra reach to, and they'll make, they'll put a little point on the end or they'll create a little harpoon. They'll just fabricate it themselves. You just grab it with a quick coupler and you can poke stuff. Sounds cool. So that's where my mind goes. Build something, just fab something yourself to poke trees. That's all you got to do. Just or maybe that's so wildly stupid. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a clearing contractor. Uh, if you are listening to this and know the correct answer to that, do email it in. Yeah. That was, Please there reach we, out. Brilliant idea. Yeah. So if you know how to fell trees, and this is something I could probably ask Anvil because they've been doing a lot of fire cleanup. Mm -hmm. and Josh at Anvil, they've been doing a lot of fire cleanup and they've been clearing a lot of burnt trees. And so this is probably a similar situation in which you can't always go up with a chainsaw and you can't just push them over because that you, you'd think with an excavator, you can just push trees over, but you forget how heavy those things are and you yeah. can get killed so, so fast. The amount of weight and with gravity behind it, it can squash the cab. It's mm -hmm. it's a dangerous endeavor. But this is not, you're not the first one to have this problem. So if you know the solution or have a solution, write into dirttalk at buildit.com. Please do. Uh, Greg, thanks for starting to listen to the podcast. We've been sharing stuff in a lot of different places these days, and it's been gaining a lot of traction. Yeah. So it's exciting to hear that people are finding the podcast finally after. A year and a half. Going from doing five, it. six, seven, maybe make it to 10 we're by the end of the year. We're finally on our way to having a, a, a listener base. <laughs> um, before we move on, I feel like I do want to get uh, some people who <sighs> like do that work like in the woods. Like you've had somebody who like works in the logging industry before, right? Maybe before I was uh, Matt Moldenhauer at Bellwether. Yeah, Bellwether. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just find this stuff also really, really fascinating. And that's, is that sort of in line with what we do? We don't. Yeah, yeah we, we do logging. I was talking to someone about coming out to some West Coast logging early in the year. So I'm going to go out and see some West Coast logging. We've done a lot with Bellwether. They're out of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was just with Mr. Chris Ewins, Let's Dig 18, yeah. a week ago, and he let me push a tree over with an excavator. Awesome. That was very cool. It was a pretty big tree. I mean, 
not in the tree world. It was a little baby tree, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, but it was fun for me and it was a big tree for me. Sure. Uh, and that's on YouTube. The YouTube, everybody. Mm-hmm. So watch me push a tree over on YouTube. If you've got nothing else to do, hop on the YouTube and that's on your that Aaron Witt yeah. account. Yeah. Um, on the Aaron Witt account, you can see a video of Aaron pushing over a tree. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, all right. Next question. This is from Joseph. He says he's listener number seven. You got to love the original people, the OGs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, First of all, he he writes this question to the Alex and Aaron show, which is not, but I love that he says that, especially puts me up front. You know, that makes makes the most sense. Ooh, alphabetically, though, I am looking pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Anyway, um, there's a great question here, but I maybe need your help to turn into question. Um, so he says, with the world constantly spreading news of their lives and actions daily on social media, I feel it to be so important to act professionally whenever you're at work or even outside of the workplace if you're wearing a tee, hoodie, or hat with a company logo on it. I always represent my employer and my own drone business to the best standards as I can possibly do. It takes one mishap for the public to capture you doing something stupid and it's game over. I had an old mentor always say, clean truck, clean shirt, clean smile. It took a while for me to understand that, but now I totally do. Do you agree with having this attitude and style? And is that valuable in the industry as a whole? I think it's valuable. My truck says build with on the side of it. Now, I'm not going to drive like a total asshole yet. I mean, I'll drive like an asshole every once in a while. Sure. But I'm not going to, I do bear that in mind. It, it has the company name on it. And I'm going to be a little bit more thoughtful here, which I think is a good thing. I think it's a balance of, you know, I think you should, you should live a, uh, so this is, I'll take it all the way back. So in college, I was in a fraternity for a brief amount of time. Sure. I left the fraternity <laughs> for, for reasons. A big problem I had was everybody loves their fraternity shirts sure. because it bought you status on a college campus. It was, it was a, yeah, you know, you wanted people to know. Mm-hmm. And I was all about it too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it was intoxicating as a freshman and college for people to because you're wearing a shirt act interested in you yeah not today i'd see right through that these days or like to but like to think i would but sure 18 year old aaron loved it the problem was people would do things outside of school evenings weekends so on and so forth sure that weren't always according to the law and sometimes they'd have their shirts on, fraternity shirts. And that was a big no-no. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the, all the older guys would say. Don't wear letters is what they would call it if you're at a party, for example. Don't do it. And I always, uh, there's just so much flawed logic in that thinking that you have this set of beliefs demonstrated by this shirt that you can only apply to certain situations. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something stupid or wrong or illegal in some cases, don't wear that shirt because it's a, it's a negative (laughs) reflection of, of that brand. And, and you're saying, I believe one thing here, but I believe another set of things over here. It's so inconsistent. Mm -hmm. It drives me absolutely nuts. And so I think, or at least how I view it with being, 
for better for better force the face of build with. I represent the company 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter if I'm wearing a shirt or not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And there was something I heard the other day, and they put it in terms of their children, but just imagine if your children had a, I think it was Dean Graziosi uh, and Ed Milet talking. Just imagine if your children had a 24-hour video feed to your life and could tune in anytime they wanted to, (laughs) to see what you were doing at that given moment. That changes your perspective. That that changes everything. Mm -hmm. And so I view it for my own own position. What if everybody at BuildWit had a 24-hour feed of what I do? And they were able to tune in anytime and see how I was living. Am I always a living according to the values? Am I always furthering our mission? Am I always representing our brand to the degree I think it should be represented? That's a sobering thought. The answer is no. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself too. But you start thinking about that and shoot, I I clean up my act. Even this this weekend, we have a rule. It's if the trash is full, take it out. That's a very, it's, it's a rule for a reason. At our office, the trash was full when I was leaving. It was raining pretty hard. I was thinking, hmm, the cleaning people are coming later today. They come Sunday nights. I was there Sunday morning. They're coming today. They'll get it. I walked out of the office. I walked down to my truck. And I just, no, you son of a bitch. The trash is full. You need to take it out. That's not, that's, that's not cool at all. So I went back up. I got both of, the, both of the bags of trash. I took it to the trash room. I brought the key back. And then I left because I've reframed the whole, that's what matters was when people aren't watching. Yeah. But what if they were watching? Like that's a quick tool to keep yourself way more accountable. And that, that varies. There's no right way to live, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I just need to be living according to the values that are important to me and our business. But that could be completely different to, to your business and sure, there's a common set of laws, like we all need to be legal and, and ethical. But beyond that, there's a whole lot of gray area. So maybe your brand, it's, you know, you're just a total, you're known for being, doing crazy stuff. Crazy danger, like Jared McNeil, he makes, he makes a living jumping dirt bikes yep. in the air, doing crazy stuff. I would never do that. That's not like, but, but that's his deal. Like that's his brand. That's it's legal. It's ethical. It's just, it'd be a little insane for Builda to be doing what Jared does, but it'd be completely insane for what Jared, you know, what, what to take what we do and apply it to Jared. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We're just, we're in two different careers. We do different, two different things. Looking good, representing the brand means two completely different things. So there's the legal component, there's the ethical component, but you have to first define what representing that brand in a proper way even looks like, which is what your values mission, that that's really what it comes down to defining those. Mm -hmm. And then you can start reinforcing those behaviors to making sure that you're aligning with the values and representing the brand accordingly. I don't know if that was a long winded explanation there, but that's how I view it. I think that was pretty good. I do want to poke a hole in your practicing integrity by taking out the trash 
<laughs> is there as much integrity if you talk about it afterwards? Sure. Because I did it at the end of the day, didn't I? Sure. There you go. Okay. I did it. And so if I didn't do it and I said, well, yesterday I was, I, I, I thought about it, but then I drove off and I didn't do it. Okay. Well, yeah, now you're an asshole, but no, I, 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 I am flawed. I am fallible. I'm a human being. I had a moment yesterday where oh, I'll just take the easy road. Ah, oh, I'll let it slide this time around. But then held myself accountable. And it's a, it's a small, stupid thing to yeah. come on. No one would have known. Cleaning people were coming anyway. It's just a small, stupid thing. But that's what matters at the end of the day. And that's what, going back to the original story, that's what just drove me nuts about this organization said they believed in one thing, but they acted in a completely different. It was so inconsistent. And I, I just, it, it, that really, really bothers me. Mm -hmm. Really bothers me. And it wasn't, it, I'm painting with a broad brush there. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I hope everybody understands what I'm trying to get out there. I'm not like faulting everybody or anything. It's a bunch of college kids. Of course you're going to screw off. Like, yeah. of course. And like, I wasn't perfect in college. Holy hell. I did all sorts of dumb stuff and I have all these regrets. Like, sure. I, that's just the example. That's the one situation where my mind went to first. I think that makes sense. Um, and you know, it's, it's with the college thing, it's very in line with college people in general to put all this like weight behind just like words. And so like, you know, with the, the fraternity thing where it's like, this is, you know, when you wear the letters, like you represent what we say our fraternity is about. Yeah. But like that's. But you can just take the letters off and now you don't represent and it. Now you don't represent like, whoa, that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's really strange. Hold on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you don't represent, like it's a hundred percent of the time. It's, and that's what I tell everybody here. Like, I don't care if you're at the office or you're, you're off the clock. Like. You you live according to our values, like period, period, period. It's not a thing you can just turn on and off. It's not something you uh, walk in to build with and, oh, now I do what's right. Now I'm developing 3X people, not when I go home. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. You know? So I don't think it's, it's, it's something I certainly can't turn off. It's 24 hours a day, but it really, it applies to anybody at our company. It's just a way of life. Yeah. It's not something that, is turned on and turned off. I think that's fascinating. And also what I love about the questions that we get for Dirt Talk is so many of them, it's like, all right, I kind of see what the, the question is. And I kind of have like a, a basic thought about like, Aaron will probably want to talk about this. And like so many times we end up having different conversations or they go way differently than I thought they would because like at that you know, how was I going to know that him talking about, you know, wearing like company merch out in the world is going to make you like think about your like fraternity? Well, and I'll, 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 I'll say one more, one more point. I have a financial call I need yeah, to get yeah. on. But I, me as an employer, I'm trying to build a company brand, live according. I'm trying to build something that people are really proud to be a part of and yeah. wear. So they build, they put that build it shirt on and it means something to them. It's not just this cool shirt. It really means something. 
it really means that they do live according to those values. They are making the dirt world a better place. They are part of something bigger than themselves as an individual. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think every employer should, should worry about. Build a brand where, yeah, people, whether they're wearing your stuff or not, they're proud to be a part of it. And when they do wear your stuff, they're wearing it for more than just, hey, look at my new hoodie. It's cool. I got it for free at work. It No, it actually means something. It means to them. something, yeah. And it, it maybe it influences their behavior. Maybe they do think twice about doing dumb stuff while wearing a your company hoodie. That's a good thing. People, again, are, in, are, are, are fallible. People are flawed. They are going to be thinking about doing dumb stuff. But maybe that brand, maybe what your company stands for, that hoodie, that shirt, when they're wearing it, you know, about to do the, makes them reconsider like, Hey, probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. I think it's all about action. Mm -hmm. What you do is who you are. Like that book. It's not what you think, not what you say. It's what you do. Well, it's why they say, uh, actions speak louder than words. You know, that's like so cliche at this point, but like that's right in line with like what we're talking about. It's like, you can say, you know, that you're about these things and you can write as many mission statements or whatever about these things. But it's like, if you're not doing that, it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. just fake. That's it. Anyway, thanks, Joseph. That was a good question. Thanks for reaching out, man. Um, and thanks. He's, he's, he's sent us a couple questions over the years. So cool. I'm very thankful for uh, his continued engagement. Cool. Well, you just use years, plural, 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 plural. Uh, I think it's been... In it's, the podcast itself, it's, it's almost existed. been two years. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Wow. Okay, well, everybody, thanks for sharing the podcast. If you're new here, thanks for tuning in. Mm -hmm. We're really happy to have you. If you have any questions or thoughts, send them to dirttalkatbuildit.com like we've talked about. Yep. Um, keep sharing it with people you think might enjoy it, and we uh, will see you in the next one. Thanks, y'all.